Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. We want you to know that Creekwood Church is open and you're invited to join us in person or online this weekend. More information about services and in-person safety precautions is available at creekwoodchurch.com. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. If you have your Bibles today, let's turn to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, and uh, if you've not had an opportunity to join us in the uh, series uh, that we've entitled Joshua, uh, you can go back online and watch the uh, different messages, and uh, just it's been a lot of fun being able to look at the life of Joshua, and I love going back and looking at different people in the Old Testament, and why? One of the reasons why I like to look at people in the Old Testament is because It makes me feel good to know there were other people in the Bible that struggled just like we do. It makes me feel good to know that there were people that faced the same exact same things that we face. That there were other people in the Bible and you start to read over and over and the Bible tells us that the reason why God put these stories in the Bible, it's for us to be encouraged, for us to be able to find hope. And and one of the, the things that I love about Joshua is the fact that he was a part of an incredible transition. And God worked in his life. God transitioned the the leadership of Israel from Moses to Joshua. And, And you remember the first weekend we talked about how God said, and Moses said, and everyone around Joshua said, you need to be courageous and you need to be strong. The reason why you need to be courageous and you need to be strong is where I'm taking you and the transition, the breakthrough transition that you are going to experience in your life, it's going to require that you be strong and courageous. And we come to an interesting part of the story. And in Joshua chapter 5, if you want to look there today, if you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. And The Bible says the manna stopped. Everybody say stopped. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year they ate the produce of the land of Canaan. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him and with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither. He replied, but as commander of the Lord, of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now jump down to Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. It says, now... Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Father, I pray over these next few moments. I pray, God, God, that you would speak into our lives. God, I pray 
that, Father, your presence would be here in such a powerful way. We thank you for this in your name. Amen. The Israelites, under the leadership of Joshua, they have gone through a lot and uh, they uh, have seen a lot of miracles. And they are right on the verge of stepping into the place that they have been going. They've been traveling. They have been moving. They have been guided by God. And they have been making all these different transitions. And now there are they, the Bible tells us they are right on the verge of entering in to the promised land. And one of the things the Bible tells us, and if you grew up in Sunday school and you remember flannel graphs, how many of y'all remember flannel graphs? It's the good old days. Those of you that don't know what flannel graphs are, there were these green boards and they stuck these little, thing, little people on there. It was really cool. But they're, they're, they're in this huge moment and they're about to go into the promised land and, and, and just like imagine this with me for a moment. They're about to walk into the promised land and they see a giant wall in front of them. And it's the city of Jericho and the Bible tells us that it is, it is completely securely, it is shut up, there is no way to get around us. The, the walls are 25 feet wide and 30 feet tall. It's an impossible thing and they've got to get through Jericho to be able to get to the place that God has promised them. And I want, to th want you to think about in your own life, what kind of breakthrough transitions are you in need of? Like, are you tired of where you're at? I know some of us are like, is that a, like a real question? I'm tired of all this. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about the season you're in, maybe with your kids, the season you're in personally, uh, maybe in your marriage, and you're looking at your life and you are like, you know what, I, I, I want to transition. I want a breakthrough transition, but you're seeing what's in front of you and you are like, this is, there's no way we're going to get out of this. And this is how the Israelites faced a decision what do they do? Now, I want to show you this because the, the, the verse that we read a few moments ago of verse 1, it says, Now the gates of Jericho, which it's now it's, it symbolizes that there's a timing connected to what's going on. There's a timing connected to this, and it says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Now notice the contrast. The contrast is, is that the first part of the verse tells you that what he sees. What the Israelites see is that it is an impossible transition. They are not going to be able to get through this city. The contrast that you see is what God sees is different than what Joshua sees. It says, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along. God is telling Jericho, I've already given you what you're seeing. 
What kind of vision do you have for your life when you look at your life? Are, are you, do you have a, a vision of hope? Do you believe that things are going to get better? Do you, do you believe that there's going to be a change? What kind of vision? Do you know vision is important? The Bible tells us that in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I love the way the message puts it. It's, it. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. My question to you today is, can you see what God is doing in your life? Or did you come today only seeing what you see with your eyes? See, it's possible to actually see and not see. Some of you are, are seeing only with your physical eyes. You're not seeing spiritually what God has spoken over your life. See, when you can see what God has said over your life, what God sees over your life, it changes the way you operate. You know, and I think it's an important question to ask yourself today when you think about in your own life, um, and you think about what's important to you and what you want to see change in your life. And, you know, in, in our culture today, we, we have found ways to measure what's important to us, right? Like, for example, you know, um, there's a lot of things to be able to find out the truth to really measure what really how things really look. Like, for example, a mirror. A mirror doesn't lie. You look at a mirror and you like you see all these little wrinkles. Like inside, like I'm 50, I'm getting ready to be 54. I know y'all thought y'all were shocked, y'all thought I was 30. But on the inside, I feel like I'm 25 and I look in the mirror and I'm like, who is this old guy? And men, when we look in the mirror, that, that like that's all we got. Women, y'all have options. <laughs> y'all can better what you see. You got makeup and you get to put it on, right? And you got like, it comes out better. You like us guys, we look at it. This is all we got. You know those little round mirrors that like magnify it a million times? Those are of the devil. They have them in hotels, and if you got one, your wife has one, you need to get rid of it, throw it away. But we try to manipulate things, and, and like even in the mirror, you're looking at it, and you're going, you know, like you kind of stand off, you're, you know, like there's lots of ways to manipulate it, but it doesn't lie. During COVID, one of the things that I loved doing was grilling out. How many of y'all got to grill out? One day I was grilling out, and I was kind of seeing my reflection in the big mirror, and not the big mirror, but the, the window. Y'all like, like, got a mirror outside? Wow. <laughs> it was a big old glass, the window. And I could see my reflection, and I was like, looking at myself, and I was like, I look seven months pregnant. <laughs> and I was, I was trying to suck it in. And I was looking at myself, like, which, by the way, if you're seven months pregnant today, you look beautiful. <laughs> but I was looking at myself in the mirror, and I was, like, trying to suck it in, like, 
and it's hard to suck. I like I'm sucking it in right now. You know how hard it is to suck it in for 30 minutes? My butt's about to bust up here. But I'm looking at my, my wife opened the door and she goes, I saw you. You know what else doesn't lie is a scale. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I had to go there. A scale, like you can take your earrings off, your contacts to kind of affect the weight. But it, it tells the truth. You get on that scale and you were like, oh my word. And it tells the truth. A mirror tells the truth. A scale tells the truth. And it tells you the condition of what things are. And I would ask you this, is that what's the truth about you spiritually? What's the condition of your spirituality? How are you doing spiritually? Spiritually, are you, are you like living with this anticipation that you serve a God of transition? That you're seeing what God is doing in your life. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about spiritually. You see a, a new brokenness about you. You see that God is moving you and changing you and he's transforming your life. How are you doing spiritually? You know, another thing that I love about this scripture and just to kind of bring you hope and, and, and encouragement today is, is I don't know if you noticed this, but it says the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. The Israelites hadn't even been there. But the people in Jericho had heard about it. They had heard about the promises of God over the Israelites. They had heard I was thinking about this, is, is, is it maybe that the enemy of your soul has more faith in what God has called you to do than you do? That enemy of Israel is so scared about the promises of God, they actually believe that they are trespassing on a place that God has already spoken over their life. See, the enemy is, is more nervous about your future. But see, you got to start getting a vision for your life. There has to be a, a, a new focus, and you got to, like, you got to begin to seek God and begin to let God show you what he's wanting to do. You know, I love the fact that Joshua, do you know that if the people of Israel didn't have the relationship with Joshua, they weren't going through this. This is why power relationships are so important in your life. This is why you need to get in a life group or you need to lead a life group. Power relationships are what help us get through transitions in our life. It's what causes the breakthrough transitions that we need. The Israelites actually have a reputation. And this is what makes them so scared. You know, I think about what kind of reputation I want our church to have. Because see, the enemy knows what God wants to do in this church. The enemy has been stopping the trying to stop this church for the last 16 years. But listen to me, I, I believe that 
The reputation God wants us to have is that, listen, when you come to this church, you're going to find more grace than you've ever found. You're going to find people that are going to love you like never before. See, we serve a God that wants to transition us. And I want to show you something else. And again, I'm just, this is, I'm just picking out some things that God has shown me in God's word. Um, one of the things that God will do when he gets ready to transition you is that he will change your diet. I don't know if you realize this, but God changed the diet of the Israelites when he got ready to transition them. The, the scripture I read to you just a few moments ago in verse 12, it says, the manna stopped the day after they ate. This food from the land, there was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year, that year, they ate the produce of Canaan. See, there are three types of food that the Israelites, through their transitions, that God continually, that he changed their, their diet to transition them. The first diet, the first food group is the food of bondage. And the Bible tells us that the Israelites, when they were in bondage, they ate leeks and garlic and onions. How many of you know if you eat that, people are going to know what you've been eating? Everybody around you can tell what you've been eating. See, when you're in bondage and you are, your diet is offense and your diet is bitterness, everybody can tell what you've been eating. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are smiling at me, but I know it's deep inside you. The food of bondage, it's, it's, it's a terrible transition to stay at, to be in bondage. You're still struggling with the same old stuff, same old attitude, same old bitterness, same old anger, same old unforgiveness, That's, and people can smell what you've been eating. The next food is the food of wilderness, and, and, and this is the food that the Bible tells us that this is the place that God taught the Israelites how to trust him. God provided manna. And this was an important place of, of where God began to, to, to take them from this bondage of, of being under bondage to now, you got to trust me, and now you're going to go to a new place of food of freedom. And the food of freedom is really, really important. See, the food of freedom, when you think about it in your life, it's not a handout. It's a moment where you have to take the plow and you have to start working the ground and you have to sow what you are going to reap. See, the manna stopped them. And the Bible tells us that year they ate the food of the ground. They had to actually want this. See, I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about when it comes to you spiritually and beginning to grow, if you don't understand that, that you got to become a groundbreaker. You have the opportunity to decide what you are going to receive from God. What you sow is what you are going to reap. The Israelites could have easily stood back and said, well, God, you gave us the manna. You, you got us out of there. Now, God, we don't have to do anything. 
This was a whole new level of a transition. This was a level of faith like they had never seen before. God asked them to do something that it was a strategy they had never seen before. God said to them, I want you to march around Jericho for seven days. They're like, we're going to do some more walking? We've been walking for 40 years, and now you want us to exercise some more? It's kind of crazy. But God's taking them someplace. And this new diet, this new, new food of freedom, it's, it's a new place. Now they can have, listen to me, I want you to hear me. Now you can have whatever you're willing to break the ground for. You have the freedom to serve or not serve. You have the freedom to, to be generous or not be generous. It's a freedom. You think your response doesn't matter in the kingdom of God? It matters. Listen to me. The, the freedom place, the food of freedom where you, you make that transition that you move out of the bondage to the, to the, the place of the wilderness where you're just kind of wandering around and you're, you're like, you know what manna means? Manna means what is it? And a lot of us, that's, that's what our faith is all about. God, what is that? What is this? You get to a place that you understand that, that faith is required for you to transition into this new level. And this is, is scary. And they're, they're marching around. And they're walking. And like if I was God, I, I would have made a brick kind of fall to kind of encourage them. Wouldn't you? And I think it's kind of strange that they were told not to say anything. This is just my opinion. I think that they were told not to say anything because what they were seeing was only negative and what, was come, what would be coming out of their mouth would be just complaining. See, it's just kind of you're walking around the city and, and you, you got to trust God, this, this food of freedom to say, God, I know you're going to heal my daughter. I know you're going to touch my son. I know you're going to heal my marriage. And you're just asking me to take one more step. I'm talking about a whole level, a new level in your faith. You know, when we started Creekwood 16 years ago, it was, it was kind of scary. We didn't know what we were doing. I'm just being honest. You know, I was the perfect pastor until I became a pastor. I was a youth pastor for 16 years, and I was the expert on being a pastor, and I couldn't wait to be a pastor. When I got, became the pastor, I was like, oh, my word, I don't know what I'm doing. And we started the church in Rogene Worley. Have you been to Rogene Worley? It's the oldest school in the city. But it was the only school open. And I showed up to this town, and I'm going to just tell you, I didn't move to Mansfield to plant this church because I thought it was a good opportunity. You need to hear that. 
I didn't move to Mansfield because I thought it was a great place to live. I moved to Mansfield because God called me to come plant this church. It was a call of God. And God helped me see something that I couldn't see in myself. God helped me see something that was just crazy. And I got to this town and the Levins, Hendersons, we were like, it was chaos. I thought God was going to give us a big old building and he didn't. We're in the oldest school of Mansfield. It's a junior high. How many of you know junior hires don't smell good? We're in the cafeteria and our smell, you know, some churches have a smell like, and we have a smell out there right now, but back then our smell was tater tots. <laughs> we had these little plastic chairs that were tiny. Air conditioner wasn't working. I would walk in the back and I would like, people were sweating. I'm like, God, this is a flop. But we kept walking. God supernaturally opened up the high school. When we moved here, the, the, the school district told us they do not rent out the high schools. God supernaturally opened up the high school. We were excited but until we got in the cafeteria and we saw that it was 10,000 tables. I'm not exaggerating. That Mansfield High School is massive and we had to pick up every single table and chair to set up the auditorium. We just kept walking, believing that the wall was going to come down one day. My wife kept telling me, I can't keep doing this. You're going to, you better find a place. I'm like, babe, I don't. God supernaturally gave us this land. We moved into this building and we just kept walking and kept marching around by faith, believing what God wanted to do. God supernaturally gave us the 108 acres. And you know the story and, and I'm sharing this for a reason. Because in my prayer time, God, during this COVID time, God took me back to the moment that he spoke to me about that land. And he said, do you remember when you were sitting on, in your fireplace? Front of your, I wasn't sitting in the fireplace. <laughs> One time I think I said the mantle, and you don't sit on the mantle. Uh, what's it called there? Hearth, the hearth, yeah. I was sitting on the hearth and God asked me, this was right before the land deal and all that came through. God asked me, do you trust me? And I said, and I was crying and I said, God, you know, I trust you. I moved here. And he said, well, where are we going to go? You're going to have to trust me like you've never trusted me before. And now I know why he said that. Because we launched into our Beyond campaign. We're believing God. God showed us this incredible facility for thousands of, of students and kids to come to know Christ out on this 108 acres. I can see it. I cannot go on that land without crying. 
And do you know that the weekend we mailed out the commitment cards, COVID hit. What a wall. But I'm here to tell you that God is faithful. And we as a church are going to keep walking because God's bringing the walls down in this city. There are walls in this city that seem impossible. But listen to me, we as a church have got to rise up and we need to see not what we can see, but what God sees. God sees breakthroughs. God sees your son, your, your daughter saved. God sees marriages restored. That's what God sees. And we as a church have got to continue to keep on walking. Keep believing. I, I love this. And I, again, I, I told you I could preach for two hours today. I got so much material. <laughs> but I love when, you know, Joshua goes up to go read the story. This, this angel appears to him. He looks, this mighty warrior is standing in front of him. And he asks him, are you for us or are you against us? And I think it's really funny because the, the angel said, neither. I think that's so funny. I'm like, I would have thought, this is the way the story goes. I'm walking up, I'm Joshua, and I'm on a mission from God, and I've got my plans, and I've been strategizing how this is all going to happen, and this angel's going to tell me, this mighty warrior, the commander of the Lord's army is going to tell me, well, duh, we're on your side. And he told him, neither. Because he was there to tell him and to show him to do what God wanted, not what Joshua wanted. See, this has never been about our plans. We can try to plan this and we can try to figure out how we're going to do things in our own life, own personal lives. And it, listen, it doesn't work. I love the fact that Joshua fell on his face before God and he surrendered. You know that the greatest breakthrough transition in your life, it begins with a, a spiritual surrender in your life. That you just say, God, I'm, I'm done trying to do this. I'm done trying to fix this. I surrender myself to you, God. God, would you show me what you want to do? Show me what you want to, what, what exactly are you wanting to do? See, I believe that we need to have a posture of trust. That when you stand there and you have this, this posture of, of trust where you go, God, I trust you. I'm going to set up chairs at Roji and Worley. God, I trust you. I'm going to tear down tables. I'm going to set up in Mansfield High School. God, we trust you. God, I trust you. I'm going to forgive this person in my life, that's just one little life. And I love this. Go read this story. It's a, it's a fascinating story. They walk around seven days, and they shout, and the walls come down. You know, I, I didn't come here today to try to hype you up with just words. I came here today to just remind you that you serve a God that is alive. 
a God of miracles, a God that wants to speak into your life. God wants to work in your life. You know, I believe that there are people today that are, you're, whether you're sitting in here in, the, in this auditorium or you're joining us online or you're out in the overflow, I believe there's people here today that God is tapping you on the shoulder. And God is saying, this is your moment to stop running. Surrender your life to me. I want to ask you to bow your heads today. And I want to give you an opportunity today. If you're here today and you are like, you know what, this is a moment I realize I need to surrender my life to Christ. I know I'm not right with God. Would you just lift your hand and put it right back down and just say, Pastor Stephen, I need to surrender my life to Christ today. There's hands going up all over this room. Just put it up, put it right back down. I want you to pray with me today and just say, in your own words, say, Jesus Christ, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I confess my sins today. And I thank you that I am forgiven. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Are you new to Creekwood? If so, we're glad you're here. For more information about our church and how to take your next step, please visit the Connect page on our Creekwood Church app.